Blog Talk Radio.
He heals and delivers you from anything of the enemy. He heals and he bounds up, he binds up the wounds of the ones that have been wounded by the devil and by their flesh and sin. He heals broken hearts. He can heal the sick. He can heal the lame. He can heal the ones who can't see their eyes that are blind, they can see. He heals the one that can't hear the deaf. He is able. He is able to heal people of all kinds of things. The evil, the evil spirit of cancer, he heals. Hallelujah. Believe it in your heart. We that we humble ourselves. That we surrender ourselves. That we lift our up our hands in surrender to our God and King. And tell him, Lord, we can't do this without you. Lord, we can't make it without you. Lord, we need you in such a time as this. Oh, Father, as the world is in chaos, as all this stuff going on, it's not even safe to go out in the streets. You've got people walking around shooting people with guns for seem like no other reason but just to kill them because their so-called God tells them to. Oh, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your protection. We thank you that you're a strong tower. Lord, that you watch over and protect us. And, Lord, that you heal the brokenhearted. That, Lord, you give us peace and you give us mercy and grace. And we have great hope in you. Even as we see everything crumbling around this world, that we trust you. And we understand to get in the place for greater grace. We have to surrender all. I surrender all, Lord. We surrender all, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name. We humble ourselves, Lord. Empty ourselves. We surrender all.
Jesus. The presence of the Lord is here. There is such a sweet spirit in this place. And we know it's the spirit of the Lord. And that the Lord wants you to be still and rest. Rest. He knows that you're weary. And he knows you're tired. And he knows we long for him to come. And long to go home to heaven. As we see this world falling into chaos. This world falling apart. This world is going to be destroyed because God does not tolerate wickedness and sin. And judgment will come on this world. Judgment will come to the house of God. And the Lord was showing me this week that the judgment is that the ones that are prepared the Lord will bless and take home, but the ones are not. The disobedient will be left behind and have to learn to be obedient and serve the Lord God. This is what he's doing in his church. He taught us be watchful, watch and pray, be ready. And he told that is for the faithful servant. But the ones who are disobedient and that fall back into the world and start mocking and scoffing and judging and putting down the brethren and walking like the world and talking like the world and acting like the world, they will be left behind. And they will face and understand that he is God. And they have to humble themselves and call out and know that Jesus is Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, as we sing this song, as we humble ourselves, this is a scripture, means what we are supposed to do. How important it is, how serious this is, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, I mean, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you give up your body a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, serving of God. And fashion not yourselves like unto this world, but be ye changed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. Brothers and sisters, that is talking about serving the Lord. That's the part about giving your life because he gave his life for you. That we are to give our life for him. That it is our heart and our life that God sees. Whatever man is saying, whatever doctrines and whatever people are saying, God looks at people's hearts and their life and what is the fruit thereof. Do you have good fruit? Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? Or do you have rotten, nasty-smelling fruit that he smells in his nostrils? Brothers and sisters, I pray, and that as me and Sister Brenda is serving, I would ask one of you in the chat room, if you can, we're having uh, some little issues with the computer about putting up the Word. If somebody would step up and put up these scriptures in the chat room, I would appreciate it. 
I'd ask the brethren, anybody in there that can do that, as I share the scriptures, and we would thank the Lord for uh, any willing and anyone who's willing to serve the Lord tonight. Well, brothers, this is the message tonight in preparing us to go home, preparing the church, and preparing the bride of Christ, the ones that are watching, the ones that are praying, the ones that are looking up and not looking down at the world in their in their phones and their laptops and their computers and whatever else keeps your eyes off God and distract you. God have mercy. It's silly game. Pokemon go, and you're so distracted, you fall off cliffs, you run on somebody's no trespassing yard, walk out in the middle of the street. Now, I'll tell you what, that is distracting. That is so sad. You won't be able to hear God or see God you doing stuff like that. I can tell you now. You have to be still and know that he is God. Because our Lord is different than this world. He's not a busy body running around doing all kinds of crazy things and being distracted, and we shouldn't be either. He is in total control. He has his perfect will and his perfect time. And this time, he wants to know, are you going to be prideful or humble? Are you going to be prideful or humble is the message. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Mercy, grace, and love from the Father our Lord Jesus, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is the question the Lord is asking us tonight. As we have learned about what lifestyle you will have, this comes into play. This is definitely two different ways of living. In the Word of God, it says, Pride goes before fall, and God gives grace to the humble. So when you come to Christ, there can be no pride. You have to leave that at the door. When you come to Christ for salvation, you are you come humbly. The Lord said you have to come to the kingdom of God as a child. I believe the religion that religion is associated with pride. I believe a personal relationship with is associated of being humbled. Amen. So let's look at these two kinds of lifestyles through the Word of God. After we study and learn from the Word of God, guided by the Holy Spirit, who leads us in all truth, you will see the right choice is being humbled. Amen? So what is the definition of pride? Well, listen to this. A high or inordinate opinion of on one's dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or displayed in bearing conduct. A becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself or one's position or character, self-respect or self-esteem. Does that sound familiar? It sounds sort of like the hierarchy, the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel. Were they like, were they acting like the Lord God, the Great I Am, Yahweh? No. No. They had a high opinion of themselves. They were very prideful. And we have leaders and religious leaders of this day the same way. They think they are it. They think they are greater than Almighty God. But they will learn soon they are very wrong. 
So we see by the very definition that pride focuses on one that you are on the throne, you control your life and purpose. You want the glory and applause. There is now many religious leaders, priests, pastors, many more that are prideful. They say, look at me and I and all I am doing in the name of God, even Christ. God have mercy. They have been blinded and deceived by the fame and fortune. They have been lied to by the most powerful, I mean the most prideful being that was ever created, Satan. Let's look at this in the origin, let's look at the origin, or excuse me, let's look at the original, I mean origin of pride, excuse me. Let's look at the origin of pride, amen? Isaiah 14, 11 through 15. Isaiah 14, 11, in magnificence, have been brought down the Sheol, along with the music of your harp, the maggots, which prey on the dead, are spread out under you as a bed. you imagine having a bed of that? God have mercy. And worms are your covering. How have you fallen? From heaven, O star of the morning, light bringer, son of dawn, you have been cut down to the ground. You have, been, you have weakened the nations, verse 13. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in remote parts of the north. It was, well, excuse me, brother, since it was 11 through 13, not 11 through 15. 11 through 13. So there is the created being who thought in his heart, in mind, that he could be equal to God. He thought he could even be greater than God. You know, I heard lately and, and loved the man of God, J.D. Fargett. Did you know what he says that they say about Allah? It's not that Allah is great, but Allah is greater. Does that sound familiar? He, he, could, he thought he could even be greater than God? It's nothing new under the sun. It's from this wise, crafty being. As he is, as he has disguised it as some kind of religion, of some kind of way to follow a god, but a god of what I see, what I see, the results thereof is destruction, death, torture, totalitarianism. No, that's. That's the devil. That's Lucifer. That's Satan that's behind this kind of stuff. He being a creative being, thinking he can be greater than the creator and almighty God, just like us, God gave his angels free will too. This being cho chose to be arrogant and prideful. He got, him, he got up in himself. He put I first and not his creator. Now in the note, now, in this footnote, we see how he influences leaders and kings, even leaders, I mean, even later, just common people. Amen? 
Many students of the Bible have felt that the passage which follows applies to Satan. Luke 10, 18. It is clear from the large, the larger context that the passage addresses the king of Babylon, but does not rule out a secondary reference to Satan. Many commentators of the opinion that the arrogance expressed here is satanic, and that the passage correctly represents Satan's attitude because he was working through the Babylonian ruler. The Hebrew for this expression is translated Lucifer, light bringer. In the Latin Vulgate, it and is translated this way in the King James Version. But because of the association of that name with Satan, he is one he was one of the high ranking angels. That is why he had an influence on a third of the angels of God. They chose to follow Satan. They were the first ones he deceived. Remember, all of God's created ones are given a free will, and they chose to follow the fallen one, Satan, and they will be judged for this unwise eternal decision. Remember, all out there listening, there is no possibility of salvation for these. Only us, the created men and women, this only comes from being humble and not prideful. Amen? So there, so, so there will be a common theme in this study, and you will see it. Pride goes before a fall and grace to the humble. So now let's look at pride from the Word of God. Leviticus 26, Leviticus 26, verse 17 through 24. Praise his holy name. Thank you for your word, Lord, your truth that you open our eyes and we wake up. This is a time to be awake. It sure ain't no time to be sleeping. Time to be awake knowing that your salvation is closer than it was when you first believed. Oh, don't give up. Can't you see the finish line in front of you? Can't you see the author and finisher of your faith? I mean, uh, cheering you on? Said, come home. Stand strong, my children. Do not faint. Stay strong in me. Verse 17. I will set my face against you, that you will be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you, and you will flee when no one is pursuing you. If in spite of all this, you will still will not listen to me and be obedient, then I will punish you seven times more for your sin. I will break your pride in power, in your power. I will make the sky like iron, giving no rain and blocking all prayers. And your ground like bronze, hard to plow and yielding no produce. Your strength will be set useless, for your land will not yield its produce and the trees of the land will not yield their fruit. If then you act with hostility toward me and are unwilling to obey me, I will increase the plague on you seven times in, the, in coordinate with your sin. I will let loose the wild animals of the field among you, which you bereave you of your children and destroy your livestock 
and make you so few in number that your roads will be deserted and desolate. And if by these things you are not turned to me, but act with hostility against me, then I will also act with hostility against you. I will strike you seven times for your sins. So we see clearly that disobedience is in line with pride. We see how God looks at this kind of sin. He is very angry at this kind of sin because this was what Lucifer did. He disobeyed God, even rebelled against him. The, the severeness of this sin and the consequences there is sevenfold. With this kind of sin of pride and disobedience, seven times in, the, in coordinates to your sin, God have mercy. You understand that with this sin, the judgment was seven times severe. First Samuel chapter 6, verse 6. Why then do you harden your heart, allowing pride to cause your downfall? Just as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts, when, you had, when he had severely dealt with them and mocked them, did they not allow the people of Israel to go and they departed? A question God is asking all nations, trying to come against the people of Israel. The question he asks each of you, when you see what happens to people who are prideful before the Lord God and disobey what he tells them, why do you want to be prideful? Why do you want to harden your hearts again? Pride causes your downfall. Amen? Now, let's go to First Chronicles chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Amen? Satan, the adversary, stood against Israel and incited David to count the population of Israel. So David said to Joab and the leaders of the people, Go count Israel from Beersheba to Dan, and bring me their total, so that I may know it. Joab said, May the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are, but my Lord, the king, are they not all of my Lord's servants? Why then does my Lord require this? Why will he bring guilt on Israel? But the king's word prevailed over Joab. So Joab left, went throughout all Israel, came to Jerusalem, and then Joab gave the total of the census of the people to David. And all Israel was 1,100,000 men who drew the sword. And in Judah, 470,000 men who drew the sword. But he did not count Levi and Benjamin among them because the king's order was detestable to Joab. Now God was displeased with this act of arrogance and pride, and he struck Israel. So we see Satan have an influence on even King David. He listened to Satan and disobeyed God. This is why the Lord has warned us, pride goes before a fall, 
and be not deceived by man or your adversary, the devil. Amen? Pride is Uzzah's undoing. Second Chronicles chapter 26, 15 through 21. Amen? In Jerusalem, he had made machines of war invented by skillful men to put on the towers and on the corner battlements for the purpose of shooting arrow and large rock stones. And his fame, I mean, and in his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when Uzzah became strong, he became so proud of himself and his accomplishments that he acted corruptly, and he was unfaithful, sinned against the Lord his God, for his for he went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Achariah, the priest, after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, men of courage. They opposed King Uzzah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzzah, to burn incense to the Lord, but the priests, the sons of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you have, and you will have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzzah, with a censer in his hand to burn incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. As Asarah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked toward him. Behold, he was leprous on his forehead. And they hurried him out of there. And he also hurried to get out because the Lord had stricken him. King Uzzah was a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper, he lived in a separate house. For he was excluded from the house of the Lord. God have mercy. Pride can be a very serious consequence. Uzzah was listening to or reading his own headlines and forgetting the one who gave him the wisdom and anointing to do these things and be king. Again, pride goes before a fall. This time it is leprosy. Being thrown out of the house of a Lord? God have mercy. God have mercy. Song 10, verse 2. In pride and arrogance, the wickedly hotly pursue and persecute the afflicted. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. Pride will be caught in their own plot. This is the word of God. And it will come to pass in anyone's life that is prideful. Amen. Song 31, verse 18. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak instantly, I mean, insolently and arrogantly against the consistently righteous with pride and contempt. Lying lips, insolent, are associated with pride. Amen. Psalm 59, verse 12. 
for the sin of their mouth and the word of their lips, let them even be trapped in their pride and on account of the curses and lies which they tell. They can be trapped in their pride. Psalm 73, verse 6. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violent covers them like a garment, like a long, luxurious robe. For myself, I do not want any part of this apparel. Amen? Proverbs 8, verse 13. The reverent fear and worshipful awe of the Lord includes the hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and an evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. God Almighty says he hates this pride and arrogance. So be wise and do not have this attitude in your life. If you do, repent of it. Amen? These next two scriptures show a contrast between pride and being humble. Psalms 12, I mean, excuse me, Proverbs 11, verse 2. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes boiling up with an arrogant attitude of self-importance, then come dishonor and shame. But with the humble... The teachable who have been chiseled by trial, who have learned to walk humbly with their God, there is wisdom and soundness of mind. Big contrast, amen. Totally different. Proverbs 13.10. Through pride and presumption come nothing but strife, but skillful and godly wisdom is with those who welcome well-advised counsel. Amen. Great wisdom. Choose wisely. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Destruction and a fall. God have mercy. Proverbs 17, 19. He who loves transgression loves strife, and is quarrelsome. He who proudly raises his gate seeks destruction because of his arrogant pride. More hurtful things related to pride. God have mercy. Honey and arrogant eyes and a proud heart. The lamp of the wicked, their self-centered pride, is sin in the eyes of God. All this scripture truly shows pride. But look at the last part of this, their self-centered pride is sin in the eyes of God. This is what matters. God sees all and hears all. He knows your heart. Are you prideful in the eyes of the Lord or humble? A question we all have to ask in these last days. The one thing he delays his coming Everything has been the same since the beginning. They do it in their pride. They going against they're going against the word of God and being disobedient to what the Lord has told us. We are to be watching and praying. We are to make ourselves ready. The Lord said, Be ready. Part of that is being obedient to the Lord, humble before him. Amen. The ones who are not for such a time 
is this, as we are in these last days, the last hours of these last days, that with your prideful attitude, you will go into the tribulation, and you will learn how to be humble there very quickly. Repent now. Turn from your sin of pride, and ask the Lord to make you humble. Amen? Proverbs 21, verse 24. Proud, haughty, scoffer, name, who acts with overbearing, insolent pride. This scripture confirms what I said about the proud and the haughty, and that they will be mockers and scoffers. Amen? Proverbs 29:23. Proverbs 29:23. A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. But he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. Another contrast in God's word. He does this a whole bunch, putting the contrast close together so you can see the difference and make wise choices in your life. Amen? Now, let's go to Ecclesiastes. Verse 4, I mean, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. I have seen that every effort in labor and every skill in work comes from man's rivalry with his neighbor. This, this too is vanity. Feudal, false pride. And the chasing after the wind. Amen. Wisdom from the wisest man that was on the earth. Isaiah 10, verse 12. Isaiah 10, verse 12. So when the Lord has completed all his work of judgment on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the fruit, the thoughts, the decorations, and the actions of the arrogant part of the king of Assyria and the haughtiness of his pride. Punishment comes upon the arrogant and prideful. Amen? Jeremiah 49, verse 16. As for your terror, the pride and arrogance of your heart has deceived you. You hear what he says? What pride and arrogance is? A terror. Terror to you. Oh, you who live in the cliffs of the rock who hold and occupy the height of the hill. Though you make your nest as high as the eagles, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. Do you see pride and arrogance is one of the main things that deceive your heart? Be on guard, brothers and sisters. Let's not get full of ourselves and have no room for God in our hearts. Amen? Daniel 4. Verse 37, hallelujah. Daniel 4, verse 37. Now I, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are true and faithful, and his ways are just. And he is able to humiliate and humble those who walk in their self-centered, self-righteous pride. Now that's from one of the greatest kings ever on this earth. You can ask him because he was knocked off his high horse and became like an animal eating grass out in the field. 
you don't you don't walk prideful before the Lord God. He is the only one to be exalted. We are to be humble and serve Him and be servants and be vessels of honor and be obedient children and honor and respect and praise and worship our God and King, our Heavenly Father. Amen. Yes, the Lord God Almighty will humble all the self-centered and self-righteous, which is another part of prideful lifestyle. Amen. Now let's move to the New Testament. Luke 18, verses 10 through 14. Two men went up to the temple enclosure to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood on this, I mean, on the ministry and began praying to himself in self-righteous ways, saying, now listen to this, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men, swindlers, unjust, dishonest, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing at a distance, would not even raise his eyes toward heaven, but was striking his chest in humility and repentance, where a lot of people say, you don't need to repent. Well, they better read the word of God, saying, God, be merciful and gracious to me, especially wicked sinner that I am. I tell you, this man went to his home justified, forgiven of the guilt of sin, and placed in right standing with God, rather than the other man. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble, but he who humbles himself, forsaking self-righteous pride, will be exalted. That's the word of the Lord Jesus. Yeshua Hamashiach, hallelujah. Glory to God, our Lord Jesus, teaching us about self-righteousness and pride and humility and repentance, a very clear contrast that is so easy to see. And know if you only study it, learn it, apply it to your life daily. Amen? First Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. And he must now be a new convert so that he will uh, not behave stupidly and become conceited by the appointment to this high office and fall into some condemnation incurred by the devil. And listen how he does it for his arrogance and pride. Be alert, brothers and sisters, be alert. Warning to us all. Not just new believers, but all of us. Least we behave stupidly and conceited. Amen. Now let's go to First John, chapter two, verse sixteen. First John, chapter two, verse sixteen. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and the longing of eyes. In the boastful pride of life, tenuous confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things. What in the world is stable in this world after what we've been seeing? 
These do not come from the Father, but are from the world. One of the things we spoke about last week, it is part of the world, and are we to do what? What are we to do? Let go, brothers and sisters. One of those things is boastful pride, amen? Let go of it and cling to Jesus, amen? Look to him. He is our example. He was a humble servant. He was God Almighty, the great I Am, the Son of the living God. And he humbled himself to become a servant, humbled himself to die on a cross because he loved us so much. Now that's true love. Now that's true love. That he would take the place for someone else that deserved the punishment in, in, in judgment. What great love, what great mercy and grace our God gives. What a great example. So we have seen through the word of God about pride that we cannot be saved if we have an attitude of pride. We cannot be obedient to God with pride, and pride will lead to a fall and destruction in this life, and most certainly to the life to come. Amen. Let's confirm this from the word of God. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Old people, anyone listen, please take heed to this. This is the word of God, and his word is truth, and his word will come to pass. His word will not come back void. This is the word of God. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Oh, a lot of people think he is. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows will from the spirit reap eternal life. Amen. Very clear from the word of God. This attitude of pride will be prevalent in these last days too. Second Timothy Chapter 3, 1 through 5, difficult times will come. But understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble, we've got that going on, will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissists, self-focused, lovers of money, Impaled by greed, boastful, arrogant, rival, I mean, rivalers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And they will be, lo- be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, callous, and inhuman, irreconcilable. That means you can't be reconciled. God of mercy. Malice, gossip. Devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors.
God. Now listen to this one. Holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies, null, null and void, their claim of faith. And what does Paul tell us? Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Yes, baby. Amen. Amen. Oh yeah, don't 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 be thinking about depending on these uh this uh, so-called leaders or the next president. We say we we serve King Jesus. He is in total control. Not these fallible men and women, but God is in control. Hallelujah. Praise God. We sure see we sure see in this in these these days. So many people seeking fame and fortune, bringing prideful in their lifestyle that they are sinful. Just like Paul described, being given revelation from the Holy Spirit. A warning to us, stay away from such people. Do not let them influence you or deceive you. Amen? We we ourselves are not to have this kind of attitude at all. Now, we will move on to the kind of attitude and lifestyle that God wants you to really have. Amen? What is the meaning of being humble? Not proud or arrogant. Modest, courteously respectful. Totally opposite of pride. Amen? Exodus 10. What then? Yes, be quiet, dogs, in the name of Jesus. Exodus 10, verse 3. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God, the God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go. They may serve me. God telling Pharaoh through Moses and Aaron, How long will you be prideful and resist me? Pharaoh. You need to be humble. As we see, he was prideful for a while and didn't want to give it up. But as I told you, the theme of this lesson is pride goes before a fall. And this time, it was not just Pharaoh, but the whole nation of Egypt that suffered. God have mercy. Numbers 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble, gentle, kind, devoid of righteousness, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. We can learn from Moses that we need to be humble, devoid of self-righteousness too. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Isn't it awesome, God's word? Isn't it awesome when he shows us? And what he's revealing in these days, how he's preparing us to what he wants us to be, that we are to be more Christ-like, that he's making us more into his image, that we understand that we are to be humble and not prideful. Glory to his name. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. And you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart 
and mine, whether you will keep his commandments or not. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience, a personal relationship, I know there's a great religious leader who says it's a dangerous thing. I'm telling you what, it is more dangerous not to have a personal relationship with Christ. That man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. These are the lessons and tests about humility that we need to learn. Just like the children of Israel did, amen. Judges 8, verse 28. Forty years of peace. So Midian was subdued and humbled before the sons of Israel. And they no longer lifted up their heads in pride. And the land was at rest for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Amen. God is able to subdue nations, our enemies, and make them humble before us. Amen. Oh, we serve a great God. Let me ask you a question, brothers and sisters. If God is for us, who can be against you? Can anybody give me any answers? Da, 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 da. Hmm? Amen. There is no one. Amen. Praise God. Second Chronicles 7.14. And many people who are called by my name, and my people called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek and crave, require as necessity my faith, and turn from their wicked ways, which I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen. This is great verse. It starts with what? Humble yourself. Does it say humble yourself and seek out uh a man to be president? Oh, no. No, it says seek him. It says sit, humble yourself and call on the name of the Lord. Not call on the name of a woman or man, but call on the name of the Lord. Know who we serve. Know who is in control and who we worship. Amen? Here's an account of what happens when you humble yourself. Shishak of Egypt invades Judah. Second Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. Hallelujah. When the kingdom of Rehoboam was established and strong, he and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord. And it came about in King Rehoboam, fifth year, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem with 1,200 chariots and 60,000 horsemen. The people who came with him from Egypt were beyond counting. The Luban, the Sakam, and the Ethiopians. Shishak took the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Then Shemah, the prophet came to Rehoboam, I mean, Rehoboam 
and the leaders of Judah who gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak said to them, Thus says the Lord, You have abandoned, turned away from me, so I have abandoned you into the hands of Shishak, the leaders of Israel, and the king humbled himself and said, The Lord is righteous. Oh, brothers and sisters, if only our leaders would do that. Oh, what a blessing the Lord would put on this nation. But the times we're living, I don't foresee that happening. We have some very arrogant and prideful people who want to be leaders of this nation. God have mercy. And we have one up there now. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemamah, saying, They had humbled themselves, so I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some measure of remnant that escaped. And my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the means of Shishak. Now listen to this. Listen to what happened because of their uh, disobedience and arrogance. Nevertheless, they will become his slaves so that they may know the difference between my service and the service of kingdoms of the countries. They did humble themselves and were not destroyed, but they still had to learn the difference of serving the Lord thy God and serving themselves and man's kingdoms. Amen? Brothers and sisters, I have to say this because this is, I mean, this is on my heart and I have to. And we're coming up in a time, and the Lord tarries, that there is election coming. And me and Sis Brenda's been praying uh, prayerfully. What person would you even think about choosing as a leader of our nation? As they stand for the ungodly, sinful lifestyles and support it, According to the word of God and Romans, we're not to have anything to do with them. Oh, I pray you pray and make sure before you put a vote for either one of these people that are supposedly going up and saying they're going to lead this nation. I would put my faith and hope in King Jesus over anything that is a leader or a man or woman. Amen? Amen. Be sure about that, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Psalm 17, I mean, excuse me, Psalm 10, verse 17. Psalm 10, verse 17. O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble and oppressed. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to hear. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 18, Psalm 18, verse 27. For you save an afflicted and humble people, praise your name, Lord, but bring down those arrogant fools with haughty eyes. Another contrast between humble and arrogant fools, amen? Psalm 25, verse 9. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. He leads us into justice and teaches his way, amen? Psalm 28, verse 2. Hear the voice of my supplication, specific request, humble entreaties, as I cry to you for help. As I lift up my hand and my heart 
toward your innermost sanctuary, holy of holy. Be humble when you pray and make request to the Lord. Amen. Psalm 34, verse 2. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. The humble and the downtrodden will hear it and rejoice. What are we prideful of? What do we boast in? In the Lord. We praise and honor him and rejoice in him. Amen. Psalm 35, verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth, mourning garment. I humbled my soul with fasting, and I prayed with my head bowed to my chest. You can humble yourself with fasting. Amen? Psalm 37, verse 11. But the humble will at last inherit the land and will delight themselves in the abundant prosperity and peace. Amen? Promises of the Lord to the humble. Psalm 69, verse 32. The humble have seen it and are glad. You who seek God, requiring him as your greatest need, let your heart revive and live. You don't need no uh, paddles. To get that heart going, you have the power of God, amen? <laughs> you don't need no shock. You need the, you need some of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, amen? We are glad to glad and be, uh, we are glad and being humble brings our heart to revive and live, amen? Psalm 113, listen to this, Psalm 113, the Lord exalts the humble, one through nine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise, all you servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For this time forth and forever, from the rising of the sun to the setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised with all inspired reverence. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is alike? The Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, who humbles himself to regard the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor out of the dust, and he lifts up the needy from the ash heap, that he may seat them with princesses and with princesses of his people. He makes the barren women live in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. The Lord exalts. He is pleased with the humble. Psalm 116, verse 6. Psalm 116, verse 6. The Lord protects the simple childlike. I was brought low, humbled, and he saved me. Childlike faith, brothers and sisters, amen, childlike faith, yes, baby, okay, she uh, has to go to, uh, she has to sign up at Blog Talk, does she want to, I mean, she can sign, 
Yeah, she can be a guest, but she won't be able to speak in the chat room. She can listen. It's all right. It's important. Psalm 147, verse 6. Okay. She can listen by phone, too. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. This lifts us up to heaven. And the wicked are cast down to the ground. The Lord show me that at the rapture, the catching away that will be lifted up to him in the clouds and be with him forever. And the wicked will be cast down to the ground by the power of God during the rapture. They will be knocked off their feet just like the psalm says. Amen. Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. We be ugly in sin. We are beautified. We are uh, beautified when we are humble by salvation. Let me say that again. We be ugly in, but we are beautified when we are humble by salvation. Wow, what a beautiful picture. Just like Sis Brenda, let Sis Brenda's dream about having gray, dreary garments. And was one drop of the blood of Jesus. She was given a beautiful wedding gown. She was beautified by God's salvation and all of us too, who were humble and trust him forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 34. Though he scoffs at the scoffers and scorns the scorner, yet he will give his grace, his undeserved favor to the humble, those who give up self-importance. The other part of this theme being seen here to the humble, amen? Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, boiling up with an arrogant attitude of self-importance, then come dishonor and shame. But with the humble, the teachable, who have been chiseled by trial, who have learned to walk humbly with God, there is wisdom and soundness of mind. Contrast between being prideful and humble. The other point I want to make is that we have to be teachable and chiseled by trial. Amen? The other scripture that comes to mind is Jeremiah chapter 18, the potter and the clay. Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 6. Listen to the word of God. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go to the potter's house, and there I will make you hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and saw that he was working at the wheel. But the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled by the potter's hand, so he made it over, reworking it, making it into another pot that seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, 
O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, says the Lord? Look carefully, as the clay is in the potter's hand. So you are in my hand, O house of Israel. Just like Israel, the Lord is making and molding us into his image each day. And a big part of this is being humble and teachable. Amen? Proverbs 27, verse 21. The refining part is for silver and the furnace for gold to separate the impurities of the metal. And each is tested by the praise given to him. In his response to it, whether humble or proud, will you respond to the refiner's fire? Humble or prideful? My advice is respond by being obedient and humble because you will learn the lesson one way or another. You can learn it in the easy way by being humble or you can reserve, resist, and learn the hard way. Amen? Proverbs 29, verse 23. A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring, will bring him down. But he who is humble in spirit will attain honor. Again, man's pride bring him down, and a man with a humble spirit will attain honor. Amen? Glory to God. Isaiah 2, verse 11. Isaiah 2, verse 11. Proud look of a man will be degraded, and the arrogance of men will be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Amen. This will come to pass, and is declared in the New Testament too. Philippians 2, verse 8 through 11. Philippians 2, verse 8 through 11. After he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man, for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, because he obeyed and solely, listen to this, so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those on that are in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. This will come to pass too. Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For the high and exalted one, he who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, says this. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, what a, 
that being humble is vital. For what reason does he say? Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Regard them as vital. Perhaps you will be hidden and pardoned and rescued in the day of the Lord's anger. Amen? So vital in such a time as this. The time of his return for his church and his bride. Amen? Zephaniah 3, verse 12. Zephaniah 3, verse 12. A remnant of Israel? But I will leave among you a humble and lowly people, and they will take refuge and trust confidently in the name of the Lord. Amen. Us too to be humble. Now let's move to the New Testament, Matthew 11, verse 29. Praise God that we're understanding about being humble. Praise God, it's so important. Matthew 11, verse 29. My yoke upon you and learn of me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, as the Lord said, Rest tonight, my children. Renewal. Blessed quiet for your soul. Amen. Be like Jesus, our great example. Matthew 18, verse 3. Matthew 18, verse 3. And said he, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless you repent, that is, change your inner self, the old way of thinking, life change. I mean, life changed life and become like children, trusting, humble, and forgiving. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18, verse 4. Therefore, whoever, there's that whosoever, man, humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Jesus, our example, he was a child, he was a son. Did he humble himself? Oh, yes, he did. Who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He is. Amen? Amen. Powerful words about being humble. Matthew 23, verse 12. Whoever exalts himself shall be humble, and whoever humbles himself shall be raised to honor. The Lord show me what this truly means. One who is prideful and has self-righteousness, he will be humbled, and those who are so humble and a servant for the Lord will be raised up to honor and be raised up to heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. For he has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maidservant, well, I'll tell you, some of the, oh, there it is, Luke 1, 48. Okay, that's it, it's on another page. Luke 1, verse 48. For he has looked with, he has looked with his loving care on the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on all generations will count me blessed and happy and favored by God. A picture of Mary being a humble servant for the Lord. 
Do you think she is pleased what man has made her here on earth? She would be telling them, no, do not exalt me, but exalt Jesus, the Son of the living God, our Savior, our Messiah, not me. God have mercy. Luke 9, verse 48. Luke 9, verse 48. And he told them, whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me also welcomes him who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you, that is the one who is genuinely humble, the one with realistic self-view, he is the one who is truly great. Picture of the of the picture the Lord wants you to see about being humble as a child. Amen. Luke fourteen verse eleven. Luke fourteen verse eleven. For everyone who humbles, I mean, excuse me, for everyone who exalts himself will be humble before others. And he who habitually humbles himself, keep a risk, realistic self-view, will be exalted. A lifestyle, brothers and sisters, a lifestyle, brothers and sisters, of being humbled. Amen? Romans 12, verse 16. Romans 12, verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, hot, excuse me, do not be haughty, conceited, self-important, exclusive, but associate with humble people, those who are realistic self-view. Do not overestimate yourself. Part of being humble is to not overestimate yourself. Amen. Hebrews 2. No, the Philippians 2, verse 8. Philippians 2, verse 8. After he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man, for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on the cross. Again, amen, again, our Lord Jesus, being our great example. We have to die to self, this sinful, prideful self. We have to be broken and reshaped into being like Christ. Amen? Hebrews 2, verse 9. Hebrews 2, verse 9. Jesus briefly humbled. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, by taking on the limitations of humanity, crowned with glory and honor, because of suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, extended to sinners, he might experience death for the sins of everyone. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for becoming humble as a common man and take our sin on you, and that you were nailed to that cross to give us the opportunity to be humble too and repent of our sins to save us and be humble, and serve you. Amen. James 1, verse 21. James 1, verse 21. So, get rid of all uncleanliness, and all that remains of wickedness, with a humble spirit receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart. 
which is able to save your souls. Here is a very important thing about receiving his word. We have to, with a humble spirit, amen? You can't go in there with pride and arrogance and think you know everything. You've got to be humble as a child learning from a loving father, amen? First Peter 3, verse 8. First Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, united in spirit, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, courteous, compassionate toward each other as members of one household, and humble in spirit. A humble spirit. Brings unity in the spirit with the brethren. Amen. First Peter five five. First Peter five five. Likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience, be subject to your elders. Seek their counsel. And all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Tie on the servant's apron. For God is opposed to the proud, the disdainful, the presumptuous, and defeat them. Faith to the humble. First Peter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time. Glory to God. More great wisdom about being humble and ready for the Lord's return. Amen. So we have seen clearly the contrast between the prideful and the humble. First thing, pride is associated with the prideful, arrogant one, Satan. Being humble is associated with Jesus, our great example. Our Savior, through his being humble, even being humble, dying on the cross. The other thing the Lord wants you to know, that it is the theme and the vital message for us in these last days. Pride goes before a fall and destruction, and being humble will be given grace and be raised up by the Lord in the clouds in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. I leave you with these two great scriptures from the book of James. Take these to heart. Apply them to your life and heart. Amen. James 4, 6. Give more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually, listen to this, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. James 4.10 Humble yourself 
with the attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. Amen. Glory to God. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.
Praise God. Brothers and sisters, for sure, that by the word of God, it says, Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me. We can do nothing of ourselves, but we are lifted up by the Lord, that we need him. We can't do it in our own strength. We will fail miserably. We see so many examples of it every day. Only by the Lord do we go. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I bless each one. Especially good to see Brother Javon and Sis Randy here tonight. Bless you, brother and sister in Christ and all our guests. Praise God. And we pray that God brings in more, even in this time, in this late part of the service. Lord, draw them in. They need to hear this word, too that we understand how to exercise your authority in Christ as I turn it over to Sis Brenda. Amen? Let me get her set up. Yep. Hi. Hi, everybody. Okay, good. All right, now. Being slow, but we think. Hello? Hello? Amen. You there? All right. The purpose of my teaching tonight is to let you know you have a military title, but it's not honorary. It is earned. You are a commander in the Lord's army. Well, let's let's think about that, you know. The commander. Oof. We are we are in the we are in the front of the battle. The commander is in the front of the battle, bringing it on. According to dictionary, a commander is a person who commands, a person who exercises authority. However, in the spiritual context, a commander is someone who exercises authority over the command of the Lord. Here are seven qualifications of being a commander in the Lord's army. One, always receive your orders, your commands, from the right person. A general would never take orders from a private, and an admiral would never take orders from a captain. Success in life depends upon your ability to recognize, honor, and obey the commands issued by the proper authorities, the person in charge. Joshua 5.14 in the message says, He said, neither, neither. I'm a commander of God's army. I've just arrived. Joshua fell, face to the ground, and worshipped. He, he asked, what orders does my master have for his servant? Who should we receive our orders from? What authority and by what authority? Matthew twenty eight eighteen says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If you've got the power, then you've, you're in the command under the army, under the Lord. Excuse me. Amen. Amen. Number two. Understand the importance of specific commands commands in the right moment. No doubt you've experienced 
defining moments in your life when you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit directing your way. During these precious moments, you recognize and honor the words being spoken to you, whether audible or otherwise. In Joshua 5.15, it says, God's army commander ordered Joshua, take your sandals off your feet. The place you're standing is holy. Joshua did it. It happened to Joshua before a great victory. Exodus 3.2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared upon him in a flame of fire and in the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. It happened to Moses before God used him to set his people from the bondage of... Are you ready for this? It will happen to you. If it isn't already happened. And it will... That's right. We are on holy ground. Amen. We don't and it will happen more than often. We never wear shoes when we're ministering because the presence of the Lord is here. Amen. This, land, this, uh, this ground is holy. This floor is holy. Amen. Amen. Three. What will lead to your appointment as a commander in the Lord's end time army? Well... God wants you to be a commander in his end-time army of believers, winning the lost and discipling the found while they're still around. In Isaiah 55, 4, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. What What is the correlation for being appointed in the... As a commander, incline your ear and come unto me here, and your show your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The amplified version of this says, Incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will. And come to me here, and your soul will receive, and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you, even the sure mercy, kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. The key to your appointment as a commander in life is your willingness to listen to and to obey to his changing and life enriching words. When you do what's right before him, obeying his word, you'll be amazed and blessed at what's in store for you. And in Isaiah 55, 4 and 5, see how, see how I used him to display my power among the people? I made him a leader among the nations. You, will also, you also will command nations you do not know, and people unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Commanders bring offerings offering 
for the work of the Lord. Okay. In Numbers 3151, it says, So Moses and Elzazar, the priest, the priest received the gold from all the military commanders, all kinds of jewelry and crafted objects. How much gold are you are we talking about? Numbers thirty one fifty two says, and all the gold of the offering that they had offered up to the Lord and the captains of thousands and the captains of hundreds was seven hundred and fifty shekels. Wow. <laughs> In reading the numbers of the other translation and reviewing Strong's Concordance, the amount of gold offered to the Lord was roughly 400 pounds, wow. which is amount which amounts to 6,400 ounces. In today's market, the 6,400 ounces of gold with a value of $1,600 per ounce would equal the offering of just over $10 million. Wow. When you put the work of the Lord first, you will <laughs> you will also get blessed. <laughs> In Numbers 3153, for the men of war have taken bounds. It says booty, but I, I'm thinking it's bounty. It has take, war has taken bounty, every man for himself. God wanted his children to be reminded of his faithfulness Amen. to perform what he has promised. Okay, in 54, it says, And Moses and Elzazar, the priest, received the gold from the commanders of thousands and hundreds and brought it into the tent of meeting as a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord. Number five, you might not understand why God why God is doing what he is doing, but he does. Your journey to success, successful living, and financial freedom might not start the way you think you or thought it should. You might end up taking a different path to your goals when you than what you imagine. The reason is simple. Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than the your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God sees things we don't see. He understands things that we don't understand. That's why our unquestioned obedience to his commands is absolutely essential. In 1 Samuel 22:2, it says, And everyone in distress or in debt are discontented gathered to him. And he became a commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Never try to figure things out on your own. We often mistakenly try to, br- to bring God's thoughts process down to ours when we in fact should be lifting our thought process up to his level make the most of whatever hand you are dealt knowing that God is the one who raises the stakes and offers you 
even better opportunity. God always has a plan. But not only that, his plan works. Number six, God always always look to God to meet your needs, not men. Commanders in the Lord's army should never lose their humility or faith fail to recognize why they are there and and in Second Kings five one it says Nehemiah, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syrah, was a great man with his master's with with his master accept, accepted and acceptable because of him the Lord had given him victory to Syrah. Syria. Syria, I'm sorry. He was so a mighty man of valor, but he but he was a leper. No no question. Nehemiah was somebody. However, he was no doubt impressed. He he was no doubt impressed with who who he was and what he had accomplished. After all, the king held him in such regard that he sent him to the king of Israel with a letter of introduction and a pretty nice offering for the for the prophet. In Second Kings five four and five, it says, "So Naaman told the king that your young girl from Israel had said, send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel." So Naaman started out carrying as gifts. 700 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. Let me put this in perspective. Naaman was traveling with 12,000 ounces of silver worth $408,000. That's $34 per ounce. 2,004 ounces of gold, that's $1,600 ounce, worth $3,800,000 in today's economy, plus 10 Armani suits, 2,000 times 10 is 20,000. No doubt, Naaman was consumed with his own self-importance, but when Naaman was told by the prophet to dumped himself in the Jordan River seven times, he was offended for two reasons. First, first he felt slighted by the prophet because he didn't speak. I think Diane's at the door. I'm not for sure. He's up there? Okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. Second Kings 5, 9 through 11. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away and said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over and placed and healed the leper. <laughs> Naaman was saying, doesn't this prophet know who I am? And who is he to treat me this way? <laughs> I chose to score a ball. 
Amen on that. Little, 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 little uh, uh, high on his horse. It's always important to remember that pride leads to sin and problems. Proverbs 13 says, Only the pride cometh contention, but with the well advised is wisdom. Proverbs 29:23, Pride ends in humiliation, and humility brings honor. Dwight L. Moody, the great evangelist, once said, be humble or you'll stumble. Amen. That's <laughs> Be humble or you'll stumble. Amen. One of the most painful falls a person can face is they trip over their own ego. Yep. Second, Nehemiah was upset because of what others might think. In Second Kings 5.10 it says, Elisha sent a messenger out to him with the message, Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. When your skin, then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. No doubt, Naaman was wondering what his servants would think, what passerbyers would think, what people would think about a man of his stature dunking himself in such a dirty river. We are more concerned about looking ridiculous or obeying the man, word or voice of God. No one else can fight your battles. No one else can answer your obedience to his directions or lack thereof on judgment day. No one else can walk in your shoes but you. Here's a revelation. What someone else thinks will, will do nothing to change your circumstance. But you can. It is interesting to me that Naaman, a commander, no, the commander of the Siren Army, was having difficulty obeying commands if they didn't reflect what he perceived to be his position in life. The story of Naaman is a perfect example of how even commanders must be diligent not to allow sin or doubt enter into their lives and through processes and thought processes. And number seven, commanders never quit until they're victorious. Those in authority have a, a presence, a confidence in who they are and the evidence of those near them. You don't have to tell those who understand authority because they they will recognize and honor you. Those under authority will are always ready to follow the orders without hesitation or reservation. Those in command also have a confidence that despite any and all adversaries will ultimately triumph. Let's look at the life of Nehemiah Naaman again. To learn two more valuable lessons. First, don't quit or give up when it looks like all is lost. Naaman, who already had his pride wounded, could have quit after going down to the, the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth time, but he didn't. 
And as I said earlier, the man of God brought his deliverance. If if Naaman had quit, he would have never experienced miracle manifestation. In Psalm 27, 13, it says, I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the illuminate earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll, I'll say it again. Stay with God. Have you ever gone through personal adversaries, publicly embarrassing? You looked around to find that those folks you thought were your friends were somehow nowhere to be found? You do have one friend who will never quit on you. Psalm 37, 27. Turn your back on evil. Work for the good and don't quit. God loves this kind of thing. Never turns away from his friends. As the contemporary worship music says, I am a friend of God, but more importantly, of yours. And when you don't quit or give up, he's that right there with you. And secondly, your victory is assured because you obeyed your instructions. Mm-hmm. Naaman lost more more than his left more than his leprosy in the River Jordan. He lost his need for pride because he found something even more powerful through the clean the clean bill of health. Second Kings five fifteen. And then Naaman returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and stood before him. He said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in earth, on this earth but in Israel. So now accept the gift from your servant. Naaman was down, but he came up out of the muddy Jordan, a new man, recognizing Jehovah God as the one only true and living God. His heart was turned from one that was self-indulged and full of pride to one that was ready to give gifts to the man of a great and glorious God. A commander is moved by the circumstances of life because he has the ultimate knowledge of the supreme commander. He also has a guaranteed assurance that he will win. One more thing. Those under authority who obey commands will ultimately exercise great authority. Those in authority have a presence, a confidence in who they are and the evidence of those near them. You don't have to tell those who are who understand authority because they will recognize and honor you. Wait, I have one more thing. Are y'all ready? God's desire for is for you to be a commander in his end-time army. Amen. So stop acting like a private. Amen. Praise God. That's right. And we've been called prayer warriors. And we are called soldiers. But we are not called private. Nope. We are to command the army. 
I like that. Was it not working? Got to give it a second. Not doing it all. Yeah, it's a little bit. Hi, everybody. Great <laughs> job. All right, well, as it's doing that, we'll play this song. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, it's not that easy. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. Now it's working. Amen. Amen. I can see what is raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear. God's children singing out, we will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome.
Liberation Navy? Sorry. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Preserve from trouble. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 65, 23. All right, we're going to turn off one of these microphones. It's that one, I guess. So we got two on. Well, take yours off. It'll be hard to come back on. Okay. Is it still echoing? No, it shouldn't echo. All right. Hello. (laughs) Preserved from trouble, Isaiah 65 23. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for troubles for they shall be the descendants of the the Lord and their offspring with them this verse is foretelling foretelling the glory of the new creation God also promises that he will make Jerusalem a make Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy no longer will the voice of weeping be heard. Life will be stable. God's elect will long enjoy the work in their hands. All the and all of nature will be reconciled. Reconciled, for the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The land will be called Beulah, meaning married, for all things will be married to God. And an overflow of celestial splendor. The Holy Spirit will also foretold that the people of the new earth will not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble, for they are the seed of the of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. Through this promise is primary futuristic. The blessed of the Lord can confess even now. I do not bring my children into this world for trouble, to the to be overcome by trials, temptations, or tribulations. By faith, I declare that they will be have a peaceful, fruitful, and successful life. Yes. And here is my prayer declaration: Where you add your children, same where I add mine. Lord, I confess that I ha- I did not bring Joshua, Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, their spouses, and their children children into this world to be destroyed by the troubling things that found them. Family, we may face temptations and trials, but we know you will be our strength. In the times of trouble, a refuge in the times of trouble, yeah. and you will ever even preserve us from trouble. I declare by faith in the end 
and that any trouble thing, trouble thing, troublesome thing encountered in life shall only serve to help God's purposes in us to to achieve final fulfillment. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then it's important to be um, humble servants. It's important, brothers and sisters, to be humble servants because you don't know uh, whose life you're going to affect. As you listen to this song from Ray Bolt, understand what it truly means by serving the Lord and sharing his truth and sharing the gospel and being the light in this dark world because Jesus is the light of the world. And he says, you are a light. You are the light of the world. You are like a city on a hill that can be seen far away because the brightness of my glory shines in you into the darkness by how you act, how you live, what you say, what you do, that we are to be like Christ. We are called Christians because you are Christ-like. Not some label, but who you are. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would intervene and help this Randy with her computer. Father, we pray against the devil. We pray against the works of darkness and principalities and powers. We pray against this worldly system. We pray, Lord, that you will bless and show favor with the connections and airways. And, Lord, that you will make a way that seems to be no way to finish and to share this message and to share this fellowship and service in the name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you. So as you listen to this song, that it will bless you. Paul, thank you. Dreamed I went to heaven you were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard the angels singing When someone called your name We turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend You may not know me now Then he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school When I was only eight Every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart Lord, I 
said, remember the time A missionary came to your church His pictures made you cry You didn't have much money But you gave it anyway Jesus took the gift you gave And that's why I'm here today
I met a young man one time at another uh, ministry online, and this young man is an evangelist in the nation of Pakistan. And he sends us pictures of what God is doing for these people's lives. Now, let me tell you, brothers you understand you live in, in America, that you have very a lot of things as blessings. The people in the pictures I've seen, they hardly have a roof over their head. They have dirt floors. But praise God, as the Lord led us to start tithing and support this young man, they have books that help them to understand about Jesus, praise God, that lives will be changed, nothing of ourselves, just praying that we be obedient to what God, and then God takes what we're obedient and giving, and he, he, he touches lives. He gives these children hope. He changes lives. We are just servants. And it's just powerful to understand and just get a little glimpse. And it makes your heart rejoice that lives are being changed with the little bit we give to the Lord. It reaps a great harvest of souls. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, this comes the time that we are at the prayer request. Amen? This is the time of prayer that we have been called as a house of prayer. Amen? That we are to come to the house of prayer, that we are the house of prayer, and that we are to pray, that we are to call on the name of the Lord, that we bring our prayers and petitions humbly before our God. Any of y'all have prayer requests? Amen? Don't be shy. We are all brethren here. We are the family of God, that we are prayer that we need to pray for one another. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. Uh, I have a, a test. I pray uh, my son's coming into town, praise God. I'll get to see him sometime this weekend. But I'm grateful for his safe, uh, his safe travel because when his flight started, when he was in Phoenix, one of the motors quit when they were on the flight line. And thank God they weren't up in the air. And they went back to the gate, and I guess they got another plane. And praise God, he made it safely here in Texas. Praise God. Yes. Pray for the election, Sister Mary. Definitely look for wisdom and guidance of what the Lord wants you to do because for ungodly things. I mean, uh, it's hard to think that we would vote and stand for somebody that stands for this, these ungodly kinds of way of living that God calls an abomination. That's the key to it. The key is the righteous and the unrighteous things. Oh, yes, that they govern in things, but that they, uh, that if they don't stand for the things of God, how can you support them? Amen. But we'll pray for the election. That's good. Amen. If we even make it there, hallelujah, the Lord can take us out of there. We don't have to worry about it all. Praise God. Amen. We're in the time of, we're in the times of his return. He can come any time. His perfect way in time. Amen. I know, brother. I'm I'm not sure about Calvin. 
that we have kept we've kept praying for him, but I don't know if he served at the Lord's hour anymore or not. But I'm not totally sure. But we'll pray for Kelvin. Any other prayer requests, brothers and sisters? Um, I, I'm praying in these days that it, 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 it has been sad to see that not as um, um, many people have been coming to the Lord's Hour and uh, other services and things. And I know that there is a, a time, it seems like a time of separation, ones who really want to stand for God and others who don't. So we need to pray for the missing brethren What's going on in their lives, I'm not totally sure. I know we've had some difficult, uh, I mean, uh, technical difficulties here lately at Blog Talk. But God makes a way to things be no way. And that uh, we just pray for the missing brethren here at the Lord's Hour. And that we need to pray and keep asking the Lord for the wisdom and, and uh, revelation that he would give each one of us who serve at the Lord's hour. All that come together in service and fellowship that God gives us wisdom and revelation for such a time as this. Oh, it's, it's true. That's true, Brother Devon. Yes, people would open their eyes to this Pokemon Go. And they don't understand what Pokemon means. It means pocket monster. Pocket monster. And if any of y'all see me in a little pictures and things, they all look like little demons to me, God have mercy. I mean, they're being misled by the pie piper of distraction. Amen. That's true, Sister Mary. Pray for the unborn. God have mercy. Yes. Pray uh, pray for their eyes, for their eyes to be opened. The eyes be open about the distraction and deception. Of poke Pokemon, whatever you will call it thing. Poke Pokemon. God of mercy. Amen. Pray for the unborn. Pray for the children. Amen. That's true. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I play, uh, we continue to pray for the uh, uh, police officers. Amen. Pray for the people who are trying to stand for law, law and order. I mean, we have somebody going against, uh, they don't want the order and law and the things that God raised up in people to keep law and order because uh, <laughs> the Lord knew that there would be no order because of men's sinfulness and that there had to be some kind of law and order and that the uh, that the people of the uh, uh, world order and the ones that want to bring in uh, uh, Lucifer, they want chaos. They don't want order. They want chaos to bring in their kind of order will be, that will be ruled uh, very strict totalitarianism or dictatorship or even, it's even worse than that, is evil rule of an evil one. That's what that's coming in. 
hallelujah, praise God, that we uh, uh, pray for the protection of policemen, keep praying for Israel, in Jerusalem in such a time as this. Amen. That's right, Brother Devon, that we pray for Israel, praise God. Yep. And, Lord, and that we pray for uh, all that uh, come and, and, and listen and be part of the Lord's hour. We pray for each one of y'all, praise God. Uh, I didn't see her in, unless she's a guest. I don't know. But... Did you tell her how to get? And shalom, uh, shalom and hi, Pam. You're out there. Praise God. Welcome to the Lord's hour. We're grateful that you came. Amen. Hope you're being blessed and hearing the truth of God's word. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, we're grateful for each one of y'all. And as we uh, finish up tonight, let's go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Father, we thank you and just praise you for this night. Lord God, there's many thoughts and needs on our hearts, Father. Father God, we pray and we come humble before you and we have learned that we have to be humble. And we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you hear our prayers and you hear our hearts tonight. Father, I pray blessings upon uh, Brother Javon and Sis Mary and Sis Randy and Sis Janet, Sis Crystal, and uh, uh, Sis Brenda's uh, sister Pam and her family, Michael, Brandy, and the boys. Father God, I, I, I thank you for the safe journeys of my son, Joshua. And I, I pray he understands that your hand was upon him. Father, I just pray, Lord God, for protection of police everywhere. And Lord God, I pray the violence, the spirit of violence and murder that seems like it's raging in the streets all over the world. Lord God, we pray for our sister Diane that she would learn and trust you totally. And Lord, that she would be free from uh, things that are binding her up. Lord, set her free, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for Roger, Sister Marietta, and Sister Anna. We pray for Roger, for his heart to be totally changed and healing from the cancer. We rebuke you, spirit of cancer, in the name of Jesus in Roger's life. But more important than that, that he, his heart, would be changed and he would be saved. Father God, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Russia as they're facing this new threat or this new kind of legislation against Christianity, the real colors of Putin coming forth. And we pray, Lord, that they would take a stand and know they need to stand for Christ, even if the rules and the laws change, that we have to stand for God and not for man's godless, godless rule. Bless them and strengthen them, Father. Father God, I pray for Sis Colette, one of my uh, fellow workers where I work. Lord, I pray that she went in for tests for her heart. We pray for good results. We pray you heal her heart in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord God, we pray for uh, Sis Brenda's co-worker, Cindy, as she has lost, lost a lo lost loved one. I pray, Lord, that this would open her eyes and this would open her family's eyes understanding how close every one of us are into eternity and that we're one breath away from eternity. And it's time to get right with God. 
We pray for the U.S. election. God have mercy. God have mercy. What can I say? I pray that these candidates would be humbled before Almighty God and understand that they cannot stand without you, Lord, that they will fall miserably, that they will stumble if they are not humble. Lord God, we pray for Kelvin. We don't know where he's at or what he's doing, but we pray, Lord, he's calling out to you and understand that he needs you in his life. Father God, we pray for the missing brethren. We don't know what's going on tonight, but we pray you bless them and strengthen them and watch over each of our brethren that usually come here. Lord, we pray for Brother Pablo. We haven't seen him in a while, and we don't know what's going on in his life. And we pray for Brother Pablo and bless him and his family, and I pray he's still seeking God. Lord God, I pray you open the eyes, listening and being distracted to see by this Pokemon Go. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and we pray they open their eyes to the truth. And get away from the silly distractions of the devil and think it is okay. And that you're being lied to and deceived. And you get ready to go right into the middle of judgment because of the distraction and deception of the devil in your flesh. Lord God, we pray for the unborn and for children, the innocent ones. They seem like they're being so affected these days. God have mercy. I'm grateful we serve a merciful, loving God because people, people throwing away or murdering their unborn children, thank God they go into the hands of Jesus. God, have mercy on your souls that you think you have the power of life and death in your hands and that there won't be consequences to that kind of sin. God, have mercy on your soul, men and women that make the decision, not just the women, and the men's involved too. Lord God, we pray for the nation of Israel and Jerusalem, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. We pray that they call out to Yahweh. They call out to Yeshua, Hamashiach, and know they need him, their Messiah in their life. He is the one who gives them life. He is the one that can save Israel. And I pray they would not depend on men either, but they would look to their God, Elohim, Adonai, Yashavot. Hallelujah, the Lord of hosts. Come back to your God, O Israel. Turn away from these evil things that you're doing. God have mercy. Pride parade in Israel, the nation of Almighty God. God have mercy on your soul to do this. Neverland in the nation of Israel? God have mercy on your souls. Oh Lord, we thank you. Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus, whoever is messing with God's property. Satan, take your hands off God's property and leave this Randy's vehicle alone that you gave her. In the name of Jesus, and we pray for the applied blood of Jesus over Sis Randy, her children, and her vehicle. In the name of Jesus. And we pray for protection of the mighty angels of God. If somebody tries to come up and mess with her car, they're going to run into one of God's mighty angels. Oh, we thank you and praise you, Lord, that you're able. And Lord, I just pray that she will trust you and know 
that you are watching over her. And we just thank you and praise you for this night, Lord. And I thank you for each person here. And we give you glory and honor and praise for your word. To understand not to be prideful, but humble. Lord, that we surrender. That we understand and exercise our authority in Christ Jesus as good soldiers and commanders in the Lord's army for his glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know what, brothers and sisters, we finish this up with all the other sounds of terror and guns and explosions and and people screaming and hollering and running. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear the sound of the saints. Amen? Sound of the saints. There you go. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I love to hear the song of creation. Amen. The wind and the rhythm of the rain. Oh, the thunder it speaks of your power. But there's something in the sound of the saints. I've been washed in the roar of the ocean. Found peace in the echoes of a cave. And the trees of the field, they clap their hands But there's something in the sound of the saints From the lips of those you saved A redemption song will rise With the sound so full it cracks the sky
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.